You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting in Waverly. 402-464-5685. Rico, do you get into Wimbledon at all? Uh, Not really. Not until like the final couple days. And even then, I don't really get into it. I just start paying more attention into who's playing and what's going on. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm big into tennis. I just know that Rafael Nadal is the GOAT and I love him. Okay, that's that's a good, good, good ending to a sentence. Um... <laughs> What? Whoa. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the studio. That is a good ending um, to a sentence. And good ending to a sentence because I... Put I it on a t-shirt. Huge, huge Wimbledon fan. You are? I will get up at 6 a.m. and watch matches. Wow. But I won't do it for the U.S. Open. I won't do it for the French Open. I, I won't. Why? Do, it's only Wimbledon. Why? There's something... There's something you a fan of the white unis? The, it, it's the white, white dress code and... The white uniforms, <laughs> and, and the the idea that they, they play on grass—it's just something different. Okay, and so that's just yeah. <laughs> say it, say it, Rico. Yeah. You're a fan Stop. of the all white. <laughs> okay, moving on. Had to get that out of the I way. I know, I know. I'm sorry. We had to say it. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline. The Sarder Heyman text line, both those up and for you guys. The entire show, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, join us on the on the video stream. So Tom Fernelli had this article out the other day that he looked at the Big Ten, if this laptop will load, um, looked at the Big Ten to see other teams' transfer portal numbers. Mm-hmm. And he actually predicted... This Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports actually predicted that Purdue and Michigan State will take a step back. So we look at we look at Purdue and Michigan State, mm-hmm. and and think think back I mean, to even think ba- without the transfer numbers, I guess you could you could kind of agree with them on that, considering that Michigan State is losing yes you know a, a lot because they had a bunch of people transfer in there. I mean they're losing one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, and Purdue is losing one of the better pass rushers in the Big Ten. So taking a step back in, in that sense makes sense, but continue. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, what, what's interesting here, Michigan State is is more interesting in my eyes than Purdue because you're sitting here saying, well, you just signed Mel Tucker to a massive deal. Massive deal. All the money. And... He utilized the transfer portal probably the the most successful out of anybody in college football last year, and a big big one is because of Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Michigan State was kind of the exception to the rule, I guess. If if people not not to me, but to some people who say you can't live through the transfer portal, you know, for at least one season, Michigan State made their hay in the transfer portal and it paid dividends this this last season where a lot 
of the transfers that they brought in were successful within the program and were highly were the main reasons for the Spartan success. So this is what he says about Michigan State. Once again, this comes from Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports. The Spartans are going to be interesting study in 2022. Coach Mel Tucker has sent a jolt of electricity through this program as he hit nothing but grand slams in the transfer portal last season and helped lead the Spartans to a peach bowl. He's been active in the portal again this offseason, and the Spartans are also experiencing plenty of success on the recruiting trail, with a top 10 class thus far in the 2023 cycle. After finishing last season ranked number 9 in the AP Top 25, this team is a lock to start 2022 in the top 15, if not higher. But we shouldn't assume that everything worked that worked in 2021 will continue to, in, to work in 2022. Um, he, he goes on to say this, and this is something that kind of really speaks volume to where we're at in college football. What's fascinating about Michigan State is that they had so much they had so much success in the portal. Kenneth Walker finished sixth in the Heisman voting, but the portal, but the portal is still a new tool. We don't have enough evidence to suggest one way or another if being so reliant on it is a stable way to maintain success. What happens to the Spart- to the Spartans if the players they've added via the portal this season don't have the kind of success Walker experienced? Exactly what we've been talking about mm-hmm. all offseason. Nebraska goes out, hires, or not hires, uh, gets the commitment of 16 guys through the transfer portal. One's your quarterback that's going to be touching the ball every single snap. Uh, more are, are running backs through, obviously, the JUCO ranks with Anthony Grant. And then you also have the the big-name wide receivers, the big-name defensive linemen, who Rico was telling me earlier today, Stephon Wynn, has been pleased with how the mentality is ha- is going here St- in Nebraska. Stephon Wynn was was interviewed. Um, it's on On3 if you guys want to go over there and, you know, one-year membership for $1. Yeah. Um, it's on On3. Stephon Wynn was interviewed, and he compared Nebraska to Alabama. Now, wait for it. He said that when he first got to Nebraska, after he committed, he was thinking, you know, with everything that's been going on, that there would be a lack of buy-in. But when he was here, he's among the players, he's he's among, you know, teammates, that everybody is bought in and, and everybody is focused on beating Northwestern and having a very successful season, which he compares to the amount of buy-in and focus on winning a national championship at Alabama. He's not directly comparing Nebraska mm-hmm. and Alabama. He's saying Nebraska, that the buy-in yeah. and the focus on getting something, getting to a goal that you have set is similar in terms of the players at Nebraska and Alabama. Tom Fernelli ends up continuing talking about Purdue because I mentioned that the other the other f- three teams outside of Purdue and Michigan State that he believes will take a step back, Pittsburgh, Obviously, you you lose That's Kenny. Be a big you, step back. Yeah, you lose Kenny Pickett. You lose uh, Jordan Addison, and you lose Mark Whipple as well, among others. Oklahoma State, which I think is an interesting one. I mean, they did. They had a fantastic season. They had an amazing. If they were one win away from being in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. then the other one, Kentucky. You lose. Keep, you lose Wandale. You lose Wandale. You keep Will Levis. Um, they they. They utilized the transfer portal a decent amount this offseason, but replacing one of the best wide receivers in the SEC is going to be a tall task, especially for a guy who eats his bananas sideways. 
True. And with the peel on. So we, we've actually, looking at the schedule, you, you look at Nebraska's opponents, and, and obviously that thought of this is manageable, right, or favorable, it's hard not for that to keep creep into your mind. And I think rightfully so. Purdue, Tom Fernelli goes on to say this about Purdue. Um, ask around Big Ten country for a sleeper team in the conference, and you'll hear Purdue, Purdue mentioned a lot. The Boilermakers are coming off their first nine-win season since 2003 and have Aiden O'Connell back at quarterback, who is preseason second team All-Big Ten. Um, it's the first time in the Jeff Brom era that Purdue enters the summer without questions about who will be the team's starting signal caller. Still, while I understand the buzz and belief that the Boilermakers are poised to surprise in a Big Ten West without a clear favorite, Tom Fernelli is pumping the brakes. Here's the stat of the day. Stat of the day. No, we don't need that. Purdue had success in one-score games, going three and one. Mm-hmm. The wins came by a total of twelve points against Illinois, Nebraska, and Tennessee. Those three teams had a combined fifteen and twenty-two record. Purdue must also replace its most dependable player on offense and wide receiver David Bell and its most disruptive force on defense and pass rusher George Karloftis. Now, with this, just to kind of give you guys a preview, Purdue's schedule doesn't offer many breaks. They avoid Ohio State and Michigan. The Boilermakers will be on the road for games against Syracuse, Minnesota, Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. Um, A lot of the winnable games will be played outside of West Lafayette, Indiana and home games against Penn State and Iowa won't be cakewalks. It took 18 years to, for Purdue to win nine games after 2003, and while Tom Fernelli doesn't think it'll take another 18 for it to happen again, it, he thinks that Purdue will take a step back and won't win nine games for at least two more years. So I, wow. I always I always look at these articles from a uh, when they when they're obviously written on a national perspective. And you'll say, I mean, Tom Fernelli's not directly around Nebraska, not directly around Purdue. And I, and I, I understand and I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. However, when we're looking at Nebraska and we look at this schedule, the national articles and the national the beat writers on, on just college football in general, in my opinion, make this discussion interesting. Because how do they view the Big Ten West? How is the Big Ten viewed from an outside perspective? Because when you when when you when the Big Ten is talked about in a, in a national light, it's look what Brian Hartline is doing at Ohio State. They've gained two five star commits at the wide receiver room for the yep. 2023 class in the last week, last four days. And, and that's what Brian. That's what you're hearing on a national level about the Big Ten. But what about the Big Ten West? It's Purdue. It's a little bit of Nebraska, Minnesota, and PJ Fleck. I suppose PJ Fleck's always in the news. He is, but this year is for his plastic surgery. True. New face. New face. Fancy you haven't word. heard much about Wisconsin or but Iowa. Like you don't hear about Wisconsin and Iowa, and that tells you that this division is not going to be well, difficult. Well, is that, is that, I mean, I don't like, know. I, I just don't that, think it I has don't know that much if, respect. I don't know if it's that or if it's just the fact that Wisconsin and Iowa don't do anything flashy. Even in the offseason, they don't. They're not out there getting, you know, splash recruits. They're not out there getting splash transfer portal additions. What they're doing is they're, you know, something that every team could learn from. They're putting their head down and working. 
they're they're yeah. getting things done in the offseason. They're learning the playbooks. They're getting they're getting bigger, stronger, faster. All of that stuff that you that that everybody focuses on for these for every football team. Wisconsin and Iowa do that. They get the work done. So when it comes to the football season, they're ready to go and they're they're putting in that work and they'll finish the season with eight, nine, ten wins every single year. And it won't. Maybe it won't look pretty, but they're gonna win those games. I, I just, I, I seriously wonder. We always just have the discussion of how much respect the Big Ten has um, when it comes to co- college baseball, and, and it's next to none. And this reading these articles and, and just kind of getting the national perspective on the Big Ten West specifically, when Tom Fernelli says that there's no clear favorite because you never know what to expect from any of the teams. Iowa could look ugly as hell. And somehow win nine grind games. out nine <laughs> wins. Wisconsin could look ugly and and, and still win nine games. Yeah. Like Wisconsin have, doesn't have a quarterback and no, somehow they, win they, nine games. Graham Mertz is bad. He's I don't care bad. He's not good. He's bad. He's bad. And if you need to look at that, go look at, at the, against Notre Dame last year. I mean, just look at his stats from last year. They're not look great. at his stats. Yeah. So I, I truly wonder where the Big Ten West sits in national perspective and in national eyes. Because there's no clear favorite, and and within the if you're somebody that pays attention to the Big Ten Conference, you look at the Big Ten West, and it's yeah, I mean Nebraska looks good on paper, but they can look really good on paper as they have the last four years, not anywhere close to as good as they look on paper this year. Mm. Well, paper doesn't win you games, but then they go out and they're they're three and nine, or you can have an Iowa who I mentioned is ugly on the field, except they have a plus ten turnover margin. Mm-hmm. And they just do all the ugly stuff to to win games, and they they screech out nine wins, and then they go lose in the in the Big Ten. The title Big game Ten by West 40. is an ugly it up. Division. It is. It is. You got to get down dirty in the mud and figure out who's gonna end up winning those games because it's when you're playing in the Big Ten West, none of it's gonna look pretty. None of these games look pretty. Not good. You're, it's gonna be it's gonna be running the ball, banging heads together. Somebody's gonna get knocked out at some point. And we'll see who wins by a field goal at the end of the game. Who, simple, simply put, who's tougher? You or you or the the guys on the other sideline? I think mm-hmm. I think that's just the mentality. So I wanted to mention that um, we'll we'll go through specific how many transfer portal additions each team has had. I, I had it saved on my phone and I, I can't find it right now. So um, I'll try to find that in the break. If not, we can always talk about. Husker volleyball, they landed another top recruit, so we might dis- discuss that. I think that's four or five years in a row they get the number yes. one recruit in the nation. It's it's unbelievable. So we'll we'll kind of dive into that a little bit, talk a little Husker volleyball. Uh, maybe if we have an update on the Jello Shot Challenge, we'll we'll let you know there. Texas A and M has extended their lead in elimination game. The uh, game one of two today, both are elimination games. Uh, Texas A and M leads Notre Dame five to zero in the top of the fifth. The Aggies have. Runners on first and second with nobody down in the fifth inning. So we'll keep you updated on that. But right now, we'll take our final timeout. We'll wrap up Tuesday's show coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.